The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch, and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. My name is Jamie Apps, and I am your play-by-play commentator. Each week, I'll be joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, I'm joined by a teacher and tra- travel blogger who lists their favourite movie as Fight Club and favourite TV show as Band of Brothers. Welcome back to the show, Buddy McClelland. Thank you. How's the dog's recovery coming along? Is she out of the cast now or still in it? She's out of the cast and running around and panicking me every time she moves. Okay, so she's back at that stage of like, don't break another leg. Yeah, exactly. And I think that leg is like a little bit shorter than the other one now. I think she's just had that little bit of healing time where I think maybe the muscles or whatever are a bit tighter, but she's just still a pup and wants to get the zoomies and just cut laps around the house. So, yeah, I've... My wallet gets very scared every time she moves. Yep. She's just doing dog parkour all the time. Yeah. And we're trying to keep her still, but she just wants to run and wants to go out and have walks and stuff. So it's kind of trying to find a balancing act at the moment. But yeah, it was a very expensive game of fetch. Yep. Yeah. I suppose at least now you can take it out of the house and like burn off some energy in a relatively easier manner. Yeah, but it's just trying to keep her under wraps. I think the best thing we want to do with her is try and get her into, like, hanging out with other dogs. But with other dogs, there's comes the risk of being bowled over or her bowling over other dogs and then potentially breaking it again. So I think that'll be a couple of weeks still. So we're still kind of trying to balance work and pet parenting. At least sort of everyone we know kind of has smallish dogs. I think Cameron's the only one with, like, big dogs. Yeah, I mean, she's got to be, like, a medium size. I think, like, 11 kilos. So... She's not too bad, but she just thinks everyone's her friend at the moment. I guess the good thing about her not seeing other dogs is she hasn't had any bad experiences. So she's quite nice. Like a Cocker Spaniel as a breed is quite a gentle breed already. So I think she's just quite happy to think everyone's her friend at the moment. So fingers crossed it stays that way. I imagine she's pretty good at the vet now though as well. Yeah, she was, and then she started to get to that stage where she realised that it wasn't always a fun, happy place to be because they always had to, like, clean out her she got wounds underneath the cast that she had. Um, yeah, which was pretty nasty. They had to change her bandage every day, so it was fine up until then, but then after that they had to, like, play with the wounds and clean them, so that became a, its own little battle. She had a pretty bad um, a day at one point, so we had to take her every single morning. So I had to take, like, a week of my long service leave off work and I went basically back into puppy lockdown which was massive but um I took her in every morning one morning she came back out and she was pretty silky and I was thinking okay she's making a little bit too much noise but I was kind of holding her I thought I'll just put her into a little crate it's quite a hot day put her in a little I've got a little box that she's in in the car like a little sort of a crate thing that clips onto her harness and but it's got pretty high walls on it kind of like that high I ran around to the other side of the car after I'd clipped her in and I turned the air conditioner or to turn the air conditioner on. And I looked back over and somehow she had managed to poo outside of the walls of the crate. And it was now sliding down the leather on the car seat. So I ran back <laughs> around the other side. It was like just a nugget. So 
I ran around the other side of the car to try and stop her, grabbed her out of the car, and I thought, okay, I'll put her in the garden. But because she's only been in an apartment, she's not really set on the whole garden is a place to poo situation. So I was holding her there, trying to take the weight off of her because she had a cast on. So I was trying to hold her there for about five minutes in the garden, waiting for her to go. She didn't. I thought, okay, maybe it was just a nugget. So I went back around, tried to clean it up. But as I was walking back around and holding her in my arm, she then got another nugget out, which then fell from arm height onto the concrete. I was like, oh, now I have to clean that up. So I tried to clean the one in the car up, put her back in the car. I'm trying to get the smears off because as she's kind of spun around in the car, she's now smeared it everywhere. As I'm trying to get, get hold of her, get it all sorted in the car, a lady comes to the back of my car for no reason, taps on the back and says, uh, just in case you didn't know, your puppy has pooed on the ground and you're going to need to clean that up. And uh, Thank you. I know. If you can't see, I'm having a pretty hard time, but I'll get to it. So in the end, I managed to clean it all up, sort my whole life out, put a little pad down, get her back in the crate, get a bag and clean up the one from the concrete. Everything was going okay. I thought, oh, I've got to go get her medication because the sores needed antibiotics. So I run back up to get the medication and I can really hear her barking now. And I'm thinking, okay, this cannot be good. Come back down and she has now done the rest of the poo back in the crate that I've now cleaned. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll clean this up and that should be it. And as I'm going to clean it up in a panic trying to hold her so she doesn't smear it everywhere, I go to get a clean bag and turn it inside out and I put my hand inside the bag that already had the poo from the concrete in it. <laughs> so now I'm holding a dog in one hand with a poo under her, poo all over my fingers and then poo underneath her just no idea what to do in 35-degree heat in a car park, <laughs> wondering why we ever got a puppy. But in the end, I managed to get it done and <laughs> just kind of threw everything in the back of the car. I was driving home, patting her after I kind of sorted all out, realised my elbow was in one of the smears and just gave up. That is the best ever. What a morning. Oh, it was such a rough day. That was my long service leave. Most people go on holidays like Hawaii, Bali, whatever. You just rolled around in poop. Yeah, on a hot day in, in Fairy Meadow. Well, at least the day could only sort of go up from there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I had to go back down and get the poo stains out of my car and off my elbow. So, I mean, it wasn't great. <laughs> just just one of those days. It was one of those days. Yeah, like I had a similar experience with Toby and like the vet where everything started out fine and then he had uh, one of his injections and like he moved as she went to do it and that meant it had to be done twice so then from that point on he's just like no, i don't like the vets anymore yeah but we went to a new vet today and he was much better so see how that goes yeah until he has to get two needles there ah uh, yeah probably we'll see <laughs> so other than that how's life treating you everything better now that you can sort of actually go places things again it's nice to be back to some kind of routine yeah it's nice being back in some kind of routine you know it's yeah i've missed being able to be out and about but then sometimes i'm back at work and i kind of wish i was back in lockdown but i think it's the weekends and going out it still feels a bit weird kind of going to restaurants and and things like that because you feel a bit packed in but yeah i prefer that i mean everyone's hopefully double vaxxed so yeah, hopefully we can get back to a bit of normality, at least for the summer. It seems like all the other places in the world have kind of managed to get through summer really well, then winter rolls around, and it goes back to being pretty rough again. So I'm going to enjoy summer while we've got it. Yeah, like 
just even like going to the shops, like it's just like this is weird. And now down here and now I go into Nara Fair and seeing people wandering around, I'm like, oh, this is why now it's constantly on the COVID list. Nobody knows how to wear a mask. Yeah, everywhere. Hey, like Woolies is real bad now for the chin diapers. So many chin diapers. Like people are wearing it, but they're not wearing it. Like they may as well just not wear it. Yeah, just just take it off. Like you're not even trying. And no one says anything now. It's kind of it's a weird stage. Yeah, I'm in that weird stage where I like I just like do the the big V as far away from those people as I can. Like, nope, not going near you. Yeah. To avoid that, I've just been staying home and watching a ton of movies once they finally connected my internet here that was a nice ordeal isn't that always the worst when you move especially like i booked it like two weeks before we moved two and a half weeks and made sure i had a week of overlap on the two properties yeah and then the, the one here just didn't connect until that overlap period was gone yeah it's one of those things they never get at first go Constant ringing, like, ah, uh, my internet's supposed to be up. I work from home. Like, I need this. Like, what are you doing? And yeah, eventually they connected it. So, yeah, in the new place now, all new setup. It's nice. It's fun. Really nice and shiny. Yeah, so the first movie I watched this week was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the latest Marvel one since, yeah, uh, Disney Plus Day last week, they decided to drop a ton of movies, a ton of shows. Like I've still got Jungle Cruise to watch, uh, the new Home Alone, which I think we're gonna we should probably do for like the next Christmas one. Yeah, I'm down. Home Alone's always good for Christmas. We can watch the new Home Alone and maybe another one, and then uh, talk about our. We can all design our own like custom Home Alone trap and talk talk each other through that <laughs> like you, you have to design a trap that like personifies you and shows your personality and stuff i guess i better put dog poo in it you got it now like what else would you do <laughs> have, <to. laughs> have you had a chance to check out shang chi yet no i haven't i didn't know they had all those marvel ones yep yeah disney owns everything star wars marvel yeah no, what else have they got? Tons of stuff now. So I watched that. It's it's cool. Like it's the newest one. So well, apart from, I suppose Eternals is now officially out as well. So not quite the newest one, but one that they've sort of rushed to Disney Plus as part of the celebration of Disney Plus Day. And it's the 25th movie in the MCU, which is crazy to think when you look back at Iron Man 1 all those years ago. Yeah, it's nuts. 25 movies in with characters I'd never even heard of. Yeah, I've never heard of the Shang-Chi in the universe ever. Either did I. So, so, yeah, this one, yeah, the 25th one, and it's kind of, it didn't really feel like a, a Marvel MCU movie, which was probably the strangest aspect of it. It kind of just felt like a kung fu movie that just had little nods and allusions to the mcu and the greater mcu universe yeah to me it kind of did you ever watch raya and the last dragon that's on disney bits and pieces only at work okay yep yeah so this one kind of to me felt like 
live action Raya and the Last Dragon sort of okay with the very like Asian Chinese influences. Um, there is a dragon in it, and just all of those sort of that flair of Asia kung fu and that sort of vibe. So it follows Shang Chi, who is a master of weapon based kung fu, and he has these. His father has these rings, five on each arm, that, like, allow him to just have these weird powers where he can, like, fly and punch with incredible strength and deflect a heap of stuff. And he's forced, Shang-Chi is then forced to, like, confront his past and work through his issues and go and (laughs) fight his father, essentially, because his father is trying to release an evil being which he believes is his wife, but it's not. Um, and, yeah, like we see the the how that all plays out and eventually Shang-Chi gets the rings and we get to the point where it's like, oh, is this, how is this going to tie in? And then it obviously looks like it's going to be very much tying into the next Doctor Strange movie. Okay. They like to tie them in together, don't they? Yeah, the sidekick character from Doctor Strange comes in and is talking to him and you see you see him in a fight scene at another point in the movie. It's like, okay, so this is how it's going to tie in. But, yeah, like, like I said, it didn't really feel like an MCU. Like It was a really cool movie, cool kung fu movie, but not necessarily one that I was like, if I didn't know this tied into the MCU, I wouldn't immediately watch it and be like, okay, yeah, this is a MCU superhero movie. Yeah. I think sometimes they probably don't even need to tie into the universe, though. Like, they can just, they should be able to have standalones. They're really big on tying everything in all the time. Yeah, which I think now that we're 25 movies in, could kind of be off putting for someone that hasn't been invested in the, the universe the whole time. Like, now you look at these and, like, oh, geez, do I need to go and watch 24 movies to understand this one? Yeah. Yeah, it's complex. It's a lot of tie ins. Yeah, I don't think you do. Like, I don't think you need to. They've done a pretty good job of all the sort of standalone ones that introduce a new character stand on their own. But then when you know the the other elements, you see, you catch little bits and pieces that sort of add to it. Yeah. So, yeah, like now we just wait and see what happens with where it goes with the MCU and the next run of films tip there are two post-credit scenes so there's like the one that they call the mid-credit which comes during like the animated credits and then you get the plain black screen credits and then there's another one at the very end so make sure if you're going to watch this on disney plus that you watch right to the very end it's good that they do that at least people that actually make the movie get some time to be recognized like encourages you not that you're probably paying much attention but at least it encourages you to have a bit yeah yeah, like I think that is the coolest part of those things. Whereas, like any regular movie, as soon as the credits hit, I'm out the door. Or if I'm watching yeah, exactly. it on a streaming service, I'm hitting back and finding the next thing to chuck on. Well, that's why I was streaming services. Like I've been watching Yellowstone, catching up to the new season with them because I'm up to date on Yellowstone. Was waiting for it to come out for ages, but finally, as the new season drops, managed to convince her to watch it with me which now I've got to wait to watch all the new season. Now, now you're regretting doing that? 
Yeah, I am. But thankfully, I, I watched the start. But and I, I like that she's into the same show as me. But um, as I was watching it, you kind of realise that even the streaming services don't give you much of a chance to give credit to the people that have made the show. It's like you only get five seconds, and then it automatically changes anyway. Yeah, especially like TV shows that just like ah, oh, you don't want to watch these. We're out. <laughs> Which is weird. Like, yeah. Like, I've been watching it for ages and ages, and I didn't even realise that Kevin Costner was one of the executive producers. Yeah, it's weird that they, like, don't just play them out. Yeah, you think the default setting should be to play it out, I guess. Yeah, and then just have, like, an option to skip if you don't want to watch it. Like it does with the intros, like, skip intro. Yeah. Rather, I'd rather that than every single episode where they come out every five episodes, it comes up, are you still there? It makes you have the guilt trip about you've been sitting on the couch too long. <laughs> yeah, that's always a fun one. Are you still, are you alive still, basically? Yeah, I'm still here. Stop judging me. <laughs> yes. I just want to watch my show. Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, the, the Disney Plus day, did you see any of the other announcements that were made? No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm interested though, because I have it, but I don't really look at it too often. I've been watching a lot of that um star on disney plus so i haven't been paying too much attention to the front end of it yeah there's a new show on there dope sick which i started on the weekend which looks so far very promising so we'll have to follow up on that later yeah i started uh only murders in the building oh yeah what are you thinking of it so far don't mind it like i just steve martin's someone that i really like watching at the best times martin short yeah, so-so. Uh, Selena Gomez is pretty good in it. Though. I think it's a good, it's an odd mix of people, but it's a good show. And, yeah, I think the longer that show goes, the the more, like, it finds its footing as well. So persevere with it. Like, those first couple of episodes are a bit weird because you're like, is this trying to be a comedy or is this trying to be, like, a serious um, murder mystery? Yeah, it gets a bit artsy at times. Yeah, but it sort of, it does find its footing towards the end and really understands the tone and voice that it's going for so it's it's worth the the watch and persevere through uh yeah back on the the disney plus so they announced 12 new titles coming to the service over the next year or two they're remaking the 1997 x-men animated series oh hey <laughs> so very cool for that That's uh, the looking forward to seeing my dude gambit no cyclops yeah, of course you are a Cyclops. Cyclops, loved him. Everyone loved Wolverine and Gambit. Cyclops, underrated. Oh, I don't think many people love Gambit. Most people just look at me like, you're a weirdo. People think they're oh, they cool kids. Cool kids that love purple things. Marvel also announced there's a show called Moon Knight. There's a She-Hulk series coming. Season two of the animated What If show which I started watching, enjoyed the first couple, and then kind of just felt like it was pointless because it was never going to tie into anything. So I was just like, um, I'm out. Yeah, okay. There's a show called Echo. We've got an animated Spider-Man show just for you, Spider-Man freshman year. Okay. I Am Groot is getting a show. <laughs> yeah, they were always going to do more with Groot. Yep. Uh, we're getting the uh, spin-off to, what was that show? Agatha House of Harkness, the uh, Scarlet Witch show, the spin-off to that. Uh, a Marvel Zombies series, that'll be interesting. 
And then I think the biggest one, Secret Invasion, I think that's going to tie in the most with the upcoming movies. So there's there's plenty coming on Disney Plus and then obviously all the star stuff. Um, star Wars will start kicking off soon with all their new series as well. So plenty to keep an eye out on Disney Plus, especially given there there is a price increase coming up soon if you haven't already Oh, a few of them have been slipping that in, haven't they? If you haven't already received the price increase, if your subscription, like I think if you had the year subscription, you got like an extra long grace period before the price came up. So that'll probably start hitting people in the next month or two. Yeah. Can't wait. Speaking of price increases, I think Netflix recently put up their price as well. And you've been watching an animated show on there. Yeah, Big Mouth season five came out, so I got I've been hooked on Big Mouth for a while, but it's just that standard uh, having to find the right time to watch it. Like you can watch it and know it's a comedy, but if someone walks into the room and doesn't know what Big Mouth is, like my brother-in-law had been staying over, it got very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoy Big Mouth, and it was interesting this season. Like it's you know what you're in for. I mean, if you watched four seasons of it, you know what you're coming into. And they kind of do their best. I think each each season they're trying to top how outrageous they can be. Yep. And I think they have a good crack at it, to be honest. But yeah, it's it's funny watching them add new. It's almost getting a bit convoluted now with the amount of imaginary characters that are in there. Because when they first started with just the hormone monsters, wasn't too bad. And then they had the shame wizard, and then they added the uh, depression kitty on top of that and the anxiety mosquito on top of that. And now there's like love bugs and hate snakes and all sorts of random stuff. So, yeah, it's getting a bit crazy with the amount of imaginary things going on in their heads. But it's still, yeah, I wouldn't start it from season five, but it's pretty funny. Is it just like, is it doing sort of the Rick and Morty thing where it's just like, yeah, okay, that was an outrageous season. Now we've got to top it and it's getting to that point where it's like, okay, now you're starting to lose me. Yeah, a little bit. And I think at least with Rick and Morty, they have a similar pattern of having those random characters pop in. With Rick and Morty, at least their whole storyline is based on the idea that they're in multiple universes. So that means they can have multiple things pop up. But I guess at some point, if this is just all these kids' imaginations having these hormone monsters and things pop up into them, like at some point you probably start to become worried for their mental health that they've now got... 15 different characters living inside their own heads. Okay. Yep. I wonder if they'll, if they'll ever like explore that angle with it, if they go more seasons down the line. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty full on, but I mean, yeah, they, I mean, now they're into the point of, of having sex with pillows and all sorts of random things. So yeah, funny, funny. It gives you some flashbacks to being a teenager and just struggling at life. So I enjoy it. Yeah, I can definitely see how that would get awkward with the the wrong people walking in halfway through. Oh, and like all the scenes have a good crack at it. Like, I mean, half the time they've got these mini little furry dicks going around that (laughs) you just don't know what they're going to pop up with. So, yeah, very awkward with the wrong people. Thankfully, it was the brother-in-law and not the mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That would have been very strange. Yeah. I think if you're enjoying Big Mouth, there's another animated show on Netflix called Inside Job. Have you seen that one pop up? I would imagine you've been recommended it. Yeah, I tried to start watching it, but didn't quite get into it. Is that the one where there's like um, a group of people that control the world or a group of like monsters and things that control the world? 
Yeah, so it's like a, a shadow government type thing called Cognito Inc. And they're basically like the Illuminati type characters running running the world from behind the scenes. And, and they're also responsible for keeping all of uh, global conspiracies under wraps and under control. So they really play on that element of like current uh current affairs and current talk so like obviously the shadow government uh the president in episode one is a robot Um, then we get lizard people in another episode (laughs) and it's just like every episode is like oh yep that's a crazy conspiracy theory uh clones pretty much every celebrity is a clone it's crazy how many uh adult animation series there are out there now like it's so accepted like at first it was a really random rare thing to have but now there's just heaps yeah like i think the success of uh south park spawned all of this and then south park blew up family guy blew up american dad blew up and now there's just heaps of them yeah even though i think they go the other way it wasn't bluey like the little kids blue healer show didn't that go the reverse like it was it came out as an adult animation someone said no we should turn it into a kids show oh really yeah, I think originally it was supposed to be designed for adults and they started doing life lessons for kids. I'm, I'm going to go with the producers of that are very happy they did because that show is ridiculously popular now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, don't quote me on that, but I, that's the story I heard. Huh, interesting. <laughs> and now a quick word from our sponsors. First up is Maison Femmes. They are an online jewellery boutique dedicated to the lovers, mystics, and dreamers. They sell exquisite gold-filled jewellery that can be worn as everyday basics or stunning statement pieces. With Christmas fast approaching, a Maison de Femmes piece may be just the thing for that special someone in your life. Check them out at maisondefemme.com. If you want a night filled with crazy stories and a ton of laughs, then Sam Wade's upcoming Sydney Community Festival show Mind Cave is not to be missed. Check it out at the Factory Theatre from November 4 and November 6. And finally, if you're in need of a new logo, event poster, Twitch overlays or emotes, or any type of merchandise designs, then look no further than LF9 Design for all of your graphic design needs. The team at LF9 Design can create anything you need to suit all styles and budgets. Check them out on Instagram at LF9Design. How long are the episodes of Big Mouth? Are they 30, 40 minutes as well? Yeah, I think they're not too long. They're about 30, 40 minutes. I think there's 10 in the new season. And they all just dropped them at once. So you can just binge the whole thing again. Yeah, that's similar with our inside job. They're all about 30-ish minutes. And it's just one of those fun ones where you can chuck it on. And I've been watching it with, like, my morning coffee or if I want to just wind down before bed, just silly stuff like that where you don't have to concentrate you can just chuck it on and enjoy a bit of crazy humor and laugh at crazy conspiracy people yeah see that's the thing i've been doing the reverse with watching the yellowstone stuff too so it kind of winds you up before bed seeing people get murdered and animals get shot and all sorts of stuff and it's just not not good for bedtime or for morning coffees yeah you probably don't want to watch that in the morning after with a coffee it's probably a, a bit full on no. 
I imagine one of your other shows is sort of the opposite, though. I imagine that's pretty calming, the uh, farming. Clarkson's Farm. Yeah, so that's been a good one. So that's Amazon Prime. I just actually know it was pedestrian TV. I was scrolling through and they came out with an article that um, showed that Jeremy Clarkson and um, Caleb Cooper is the farmhand that he works with. They actually won a pretty prestigious um, British farming award for doing this show. Oh, wow. So Jeremy Clarkson owns a farm in the Cotswolds in England. Uh, It's called Diddley Squat Farm. But he had this farm that basically all this land and had no idea how to farm it. And somewhere along the line, Amazon has said to him, okay, well, you're going to farm it. Let's watch you do it and give him, giving him a budget for a uh, TV show. And it's almost like watching a long or a few long episodes of uh, Top Gear but doing farming. Just the way Clarkson does things. I mean, he's one of those people I think people either find him funny or hate him. Yep. Um, but... I think the way he does things is, is really funny. And the reason he got this award because he has this giant farm and he does everything in a very Clarkson way, which I think is he's brutally honest with how silly he is and he's honest with how much how little he knows about things, but then just goes super gun-ho at it. So like the prime example is at the start, he's, uh, he wants to get a tractor to farm this land because there's so much to get. He goes in and gets advice from a guy that says to him, oh, you should buy this little quaint old sort of 1960s tractor. He's sitting there, yeah, 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 takes the advice, goes for it. Just like a nice starter tractor? Yeah, it goes for a test drive and in the very next scene he's in a like $500,000 Lamborghini super-powered tractor and he's driving across because he just wanted some more power but then gets to his barn and realises he can't even fit it inside the barn. It's so big. <laughs> Yep. Whoops. So you had to, I'm assuming you had to build a barn or get a new tractor. Yeah, I think he just changed the roof height. But he, <laughs> but he, uh, he gets assistance from the guy that used to be the farmhand out there to show him how to do things, uh, Caleb, who actually I think kind of steals the show. He, uh, he reminds me a lot of um, Carl Pilkington out of Like Idiot Abroad. Yep. Where they've just kind of found somebody that fits it perfectly and he's just very deadpan about the way that the farming works and how serious he is about it. and he's actually quite a talented farmer but um they go through the whole year and they farm different crops uh they do different animals that just disagree with clarkson they do uh little hobby things trying to make a little shop up they have to deal with covid and it was just a really funny insightful piece into farming and how hard it is and how difficult it can be for them with things going wrong um, and how much that can impact them, their families and their their careers. It's just, I don't know, we grew up down here, a lot of farms, and to be honest with you, I never really paid too much attention to other than, hey, there's some cows in that field. So to have them be able to kind of bring light to that is why they got the, the award, and I think it really does a good job of that and showing people. I think in the end, the whole year of farming, suffering through everything, growing his crops, raising uh, sheep and cattle, doing all that stuff, and I think by the end of it, he cleared 67 pounds. Jeez, that's a... <laughs> and he went through hell. That's not a great outcome there. No. Probably didn't help that he bought his Lamborghini tra- tractor. It didn't, no. But I'm sure Amazon would have chipped in for a bunch of it just to watch him be a goose going around in it. But, yeah, really, really good show, funny. And like you said, it's, it's a lot more of a uh, relaxed watch, but it's a funny uh, and lighthearted sort of relaxed watch but it does have that serious level of this is what our farmers go through and we need to respect that 
yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize how tough like farm life is. It's people kind of just look at them like, oh, yeah, you just, you herd the cows up when you're ready to sell them or the hardest part of like crop farming is the actual seeding of it. And then at the end, you just pick it out when it's done. But there's a lot of work that goes in between. He even shows you like, you, you think sometimes with him it's kind of scripted maybe, or maybe he's just kind of doing it for the cameras. And there's a scene where he has to go and get rid of some of the sheep that he has. So he goes and takes them to the abattoir um, and he's really reluctant to do it. And he's kind of watching them have their last meal and takes them in there. And as he goes to sign the paperwork, he goes, oh, can I please just go out and, and say goodbye to my sheep? And the abattoir worker looks at him and goes, we've already got them. He's like, what? We've already processed them. And he actually goes back out and cries. So, I mean, I don't think it's that scripted. And it shows you like, I don't know, I'll get attached to him as well. I don't think I could do it. But, yeah, he's, he's really funny, really genuine. Yeah, it was, it was a good show. I wouldn't expect to enjoy something about farming, but I did. Yeah, I think a lot of farmers would have to yeah, immediately detach. You can't get any sort of attachment to the animals because you know at some point they have to go unless they're like milk, dairy cattle. Yeah, <laughs> but he then even like having sheep he got more sheep so he, he bred them he had two rams come in and i think i never knew this happened either but he had two rams come in and within two days the rams had gone through and impregnated 70 sheep chase yeah and i think one of them did like 50 compared to the others 20 but then he had to go and birth all the baby sheep and i mean how do you not become attached to a little lamb that you've yeah you've done everything <laughs> Yeah, they go through so much, so, so much. So, yeah, it was a really insightful, funny show and a, a new show. Like, I'd, yeah, it's something that I haven't seen done before. Yeah, and I think a lot of people sort of don't realise it. a lot of farms don't just do one thing or the other as well. They kind of have something on the go at all times. It's They might have cattle yeah. over here, then they'll have some sort of crop over there. And Yeah. Yeah, like my, my pop was a farmer and like just long early mornings, late nights, like, it's a, it's a full-on non-stop job that I don't think a lot of people realise how tough it is and sometimes not incredibly profitable. Yeah, that's scary. And it sounds so out of their own control too, like the weather or the bugs or whatever's going on. So, yeah, yeah, very insightful. Especially here in Australia, we get ridiculous droughts or crazy flood like they've got in Forbes this week. Like You can just never tell what's going to happen. And Yeah, every time you think you've got it dialed in, it goes the other way. But they are so necessary. Like without them, we'd all be stuffed. Yeah, that's it. You, you stop. You kind of watch the show and you stop thinking that the food on your your trolley of woolies just comes from woolies, like because it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. If if there's no farmers, you don't have potatoes. You don't have carrots. You don't have a steak. Like nothing. Nothing in that store is there without somebody doing a lot of hard work every day. Yeah. Speaking of hard work, you watched a basketball series. <laughs> yeah, completely different, completely different track. Um, different type of work. <laughs> yeah, I watched Swagger on Apple TV. So that's one where they release episodes as they go. I think I'm about five episodes in now. But that's a, an Apple TV series based on the, um, the youth early life of Kevin Durant, uh, who plays in the NBA. So it kind of follows his progress through the youth circuit, but obviously with Kevin Durant being an NBA player currently, 
Um, they've set it in the present day. So they're kind of taking the steps that happened in his journey by putting it in to uh, a different character, which is uh, Jace Carson, who's played by a guy named Isaiah Hill, and following him in his, his junior career circuit, uh, coached by a guy named Icon, who is O'Shea Jackson Jr. So Ice Cube's son plays the coach. Okay. Um, which I think fits really well because it's kind of that mix between trying to be gangster, but at the same time trying to get the respect of the kids and do things properly. Uh, it's, uh, it's really good. It's interesting to see their take on what a kid would go through now because every time he plays in a game, there has like live Twitter pop-ups and Instagram pop-ups and things and him checking his phone and stuff at the end and seeing how many followers he has and where he ranks and all sorts of stuff. So I like that they put it in the present day rather than Kevin Durant just knowing that he was going to be successful. Yeah, especially, yeah, like American, like high school basketball is a pretty big thing and even high school, like high school sports over there, surprisingly like big newsworthy things. Like it's not something you see here. No, exactly. And it touches on those weird sort of financial deals that they all seem to have where it's like these, these kids can be brought up and get taken through high school, taken into college and then you know that they're going to be multi-millionaires and be sort of top-level NBA players, but they have a way, weird way of not being able to pay them a single cent while they're in those junior years. So they find these weird ways to sort of give money to the teams and manipulate situations and try not to get caught and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it has an interesting sort of take on that and on the junior leagues. And I mean, even just the idea of being like a 14-year-old kid and having a ranking in the state for how good you are compared to other people and it going up and down depending on your game, which is just crazy to me. I had a hard enough time being a 14-year-old, like the 14-year-old off Big Mouth, let alone a top-level basketball player. And even like when you play sport yourself, you put pressure on yourself to improve, but you don't need outside influences and adults ranking you at the same time. Like that that's no way. a whole, yeah. whole other level. Yeah, exactly. And I think it does a really good um, look at, at taking that on it. It touches on other issues. I think they, they go through some um, female players where they started alluding to one of them facing some different types of abuse, uh, one of the male players facing some types of abuse. So it touches on a lot of the issues that would happen in that sort of wider setting. So it's not just following the main characters. It follows basically the teams. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good show. It's another one of those Apple TV shows that you can tell it's got the production quality. It's got the, the big-name actors. It's got a good storyline, and they do it well. Yeah, it sounds like they've put a lot of effort into it and it's not just like a very surface level, light-hearted look at junior sports. It seems like it's pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as you're touching on the mental health, abuse, racism side of things, then I think it needs to be done well. How many episodes in are we so far? Uh, I'd have to double-check it, but I think I've watched about five. Okay, so probably about halfway. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see it being a show that they'll renew. Like, it seems like a, a bit of a winner. Yeah, even, like, I guess they could do subsequent seasons basing it off a different player, like off maybe one of the female WNBA stars or a different sport even. Yeah, I mean, I think they've probably got a little bit of time left with Kevin Durant's career anyway. I mean, he's only, Jace Carson, I think, is only 14 at that point. So I think you've got a few more years until you'll even see him out of high school and they could even just follow him through into his college career and onwards if they really wanted to. Yeah, through college and right up to getting drafted. And then I guess like the first couple of years too before they 
really break out and become the superstar that he is. Yeah. And I think it does a good thing. I always come on here and sort of talk about the sports shows that I've watched. And I get frustrated that the live sports shows like uh, the All or Nothings and the things like that, they don't have the, they have really good plot points, but they don't have the endings that I want. So I think this does a good balance. So kind of maybe getting a bit more of the story in there and having some different endings that you're after rather than just having to follow the reality of sport. Yeah, it's like it's a different spin on the the sport shows you watch. It's not based totally in reality. Like they've, they, I imagine they've had some creative license with aspects of it. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's good. I like that. That's yeah. I guess it's like more of a series version of like a Remember the Titans style thing, where you can actually get some good plots and some happy endings. Okay, cool. So the last thing I watched was the AEW full gear pay-per-view that happened over the weekend and they finally crowned a new AEW world champion hangman adam page dethroned uh, kenny omega and this has been a storyline that has been building since the inception of AEW. Uh, adam page competed in the very first ever AEW world title match against chris jericho but lost so then since that moment, they've been sort of, it's been his redemption story for the, the past two years. They've had like elements of mental health in his story where he's kind of questioning whether he's good enough, questioning like, does he, are these people that are around him, his actual friends and he went away for a little while and then he's come back and now he's finally had that big moment of winning the big one and being crowned the fourth ever AEW world champion. How old is AEW? Two years. Two and a two and a bit years. So this was like this yeah, this is their second full year pay-per-view, I think, or maybe third. Yeah, I think they're just over two years old, I'm pretty sure. 2019. But like the the cool part about it is uh AEW have done a really good job of building these storylines over a really long period of time. Even like looking so far back as the very first poster they put out for AEW All Out had four men on the poster. They were Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page. And in that specific order is the order of the fourth, the first four AEW World Champions. <laughs> so they've just like totally planned this all out. There's no, yeah. oh, quick, we've got to change things. And it, I think it's worked. Like it's people were super invested in Adam Page finally getting this victory and becoming the world champion. We've also seen like in recent weeks, uh, John Moxley has had to step away to go into alcohol rehab, and they haven't like shied away from that. They've actually had had our wrestlers come out and cut promos and be like, "No, we're really proud of him for taking this." this moment and stepping up and not like shying away from it and actually coming out and getting in, in front of it and doing what needs to be done to fix himself. Yeah, it's good. It's important that people do that and people in big positions. I think it's important that they can stand up and say they're having trouble because it encourages all the people that would otherwise hide away to see that if that, that person can do it, if John Moxley can do it, why couldn't they? I think there's been like a couple of AFL players. I think Buddy Franklin was a good example of that with mental health and, been some other people that like that to do it, so it's good on him. Yeah, like it was a really cool pay per view, and um, 
sort of setting up a lot of elements for the future as well. Uh, they sowed some seeds for turmoil within uh, Kenny's group, the elite, with uh, the young bucks giving the nod of approval to Hangman to go and hit his finishing move and take the title. Uh, so I'm hoping that now Kenny can actually have a chance to go away for a little bit and heal his body because he's been dealing with some really bad like shoulder injury and neck pain. Um, he actually, I watched a YouTube video of him yesterday getting uh, chiropractic work done. And he was saying that uh, he's been dealing with vertigo for the last year and a half. Oh, yeah. So mid-match, he's just like the room is spinning and he's just got to keep going. You can't just stop. <laughs> so, yeah, he needs to just take some time away, I think, and heal his body a bit. So my hope is he can go away. They can have the Young Bucks and Adam Cole continue wrestling in a trio as the super click. Uh, and then... There's rumors of Kyle O'Reilly, a WWE wrestler. His contract is coming up in just over a month. And he was in WWE. He was in a group with Adam Cole. And recently, the third man in that group, Bobby Fish, has jumped over to AEW. So I'm hoping what we get is the Super Click keep wrestling as a trio. They can build on this tension in the group. And then once Kyle O'Reilly's contract ends, if he comes over to AEW, they can split Adam Cole off from the Young Bucks, have him join his former friends, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, reset up their group in AEW, and then have Kenny come back and join the Young Bucks. And we've got two teams of three that can then put on some incredible matches throughout 2022. Is WWE still the biggest? Yes, but they're getting caught. Uh, they've been beaten a couple of times by AEW in the ratings. Okay. AEW had a, a big pay-per-view, oh, not pay-per-view, just like a one of their regular Dynamite shows. They had a show at Arthur Ashe Stadium, the stadium that runs the US Open Tennis. Okay. With over 20,000 people there, fully sold out to capacity. So they're definitely at that point where, no, people are actually paying attention to this and we're becoming a big deal. And you see NFL players rocking AEW cleats in their warm-ups <laughs> and stuff like that. So they're, they're definitely on the rise. Yeah, so that's that was pretty much my weekend of wrestling movies. What would be your top recommendation for the week? Uh, I think for like what I've been saying, the respect for the farmers. And if you, definitely if you're somebody that um, enjoys... Jeremy Clarkson's humour or being someone that was has watched Top Gear in the past, I would definitely go for Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. Okay, awesome. For me, it's Shang-Chi. Uh, it's like a really well-produced movie that sort of told a great kung fu story that you can come in and watch even if you aren't an MCU fan. But then if you are an MCU fan, there's plenty in there to, to pick up on the, the references and Easter eggs that are in there. Alrighty. Thank you everyone for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review and subscribe on podcast services, YouTube and on twitch.tv forward slash Jamie Apps Media. You can follow Buddy on Instagram at a.b underscore c-s-double-e. And you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media and at Pario Magazine. The commentary booth is a fan funded production of Jamie Apps Media.
You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Perio Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. Alrighty, thank you, buddy. Have a good week, and we'll see you again in December for our Christmas episode. I'll start planning my poo trap. I'm excited to see what this trap is now. I think it's a great idea. I'm ready. <laughs> the Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our new magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people have supported at the publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Blake Robinson, Brian and June Hart, Courtney Paulson, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Epps. <laughs>